Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. A lot of people think that um, storytelling is uh, either just this buzzword or the need to fill the time or to break the ice, when in essence, we're not breaking the ice, we are connecting. It's connecting, it's forging connections. People have been telling stories since before we had language. If you go and look at cave paintings, they're expressing a story that they want you to know about their survival. Uh, people sat around campfires telling stories that were passed down from generation to generation. I'm sure you have that one story you heard from your grandparents or your parents that you almost feel like you were there. So if you want to be memorable and you want to connect to people, use the art and the science of storytelling. <music> Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. I'm really excited today to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Donna Griffith, who's a corporate storyteller, which basically means that she roams the globe helping people not to be boring. Donna has worked as a corporate storyteller globally for over 17 years with Fortune 500 companies, with startups and investors in a wide variety of industries. She has consulted and trained clients in over 30 countries, helping them create, edit and deliver verbal and written presentations, pitches and messages. Donna says that she has a filter in her brain that enables her to magically spin raw data into compelling stories that captivate audiences and drive results. Through her guidance, her clients have raised over a billion dollars. In our conversation today, Donna talked to me about storytelling as a science. She explained how to bring benefits to life through the story of a user journey. And we talked about connecting at a human level with stories. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Donna Griffith. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today, all the way from Sunnyvale, California, in the USA, Donna Griffith, who's a corporate storyteller. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Donna. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. It's absolutely wonderful to be with you as well. Thank you. Now, one of the things that you do a lot of work on is helping companies explain to people what they do, why they do it, and why it matters. And um, that's something that people know is really important, but they often struggle in presenting that in a way that engages their 
ideal audience, their dream customers, and yet it's so important. So I'm really keen to dig into that some more today and find out how you help and get some tips from you. Before we do that, though, what's the impact you're making in the world today? Well, you know what? Um, I feel so blessed to work with some of the most brilliant companies that are truly changing the world and helping them tell their story. So just today, I worked with a company that are enabling uh, rehabilitation professionals and clinicians uh, treat patients in rehab, uh, physical rehab from afar, whether it's heart conditions, whether it's, uh, it's movement, somebody who's been in a car accident with their smartphone. That, then I worked with another company that's helping, um, small businesses, uh, be more carbon conscious and, and offsets and doing things that they can really make an impact on the world. And then there's another company that I'm going to be working with next week that does, um, neurological treatment also through your phone. And I mean, these are companies that are making our lives better, that are saving lives, that are improving the quality of life. Um, and, I guess my impact is helping them get the funding, helping them tell the stories that matter so that they're in people's buzz. (laughs) And that to me is a true, true blessing. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it's a joy, isn't it? When we think we're doing a little thing, it's very focused on one particular aspect and yet it's, uh, it's such, there's such a magnification of the impact of that by helping other people and enabling them to do what they do. Yes, sometimes the enablement of that is so important. I see that in the technologies as well. If you're an enabler of something that'll open um, a bottleneck in Hmm. a a market that's emerging and and ready to burst at the seams, then you have done a huge service for that market. So it's, and people are like, yeah, enabler, doesn't that seem weak? So sometimes I love to use that term when we're telling someone's story. Because being the enabler, it's like letting the superpowers loose. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. All right, corporate storyteller. What? Tell us what that specifically is, because I, I don't think I've heard that term before um, we met. Well, you've had a few. I've listened to a few of your podcasts, and you've had some people that, that do marketing and storytelling. Hmm. And, and basically, what I do is I've roamed the globe both physically and virtually for the past 17 years, helping people not be boring, (laughs) (laughs) creating messages that are captivating to their audiences, but most important, move them to action, whether that action is buy from me, invest in me, um, work with me, partner with me. So it's about driving to action. And it's not just about, you know, telling nice, pretty stories. Storytelling is a science. It has a real structure to it that's been around for thousands and thousands of years. So it's using that to create the baseline and the framework of their message. And then it's weaving in the stories and the metaphors that illustrate it and make it a more human experience. So people can absorb it and people can kind of take it in, in a way that our brains are designed to and not just throwing facts and figures and numbers and stats and data at them. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, storytelling as a science is uh, a fascinating concept um, because at the end where you said it's not all about presenting facts and data and you know the classical marketing thing is sell features, uh, sell benefits, not features, but even a list of benefits is kind of data, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Without putting it into some form of context. So how exactly. do you... 
So how do we use stories then in a scientific way? Talk to us a little bit about the structure and, and the philosophy of how we get that engagement cons, uh, component. Great. So, so just, you know, to start from the first part you mentioned and then move to the second part. So you said, you know, how do we just a list of benefits? If you take that list of benefits and you tell it through a user journey story and you show actually one of your clients using it, onboarding, um, getting oriented with it, having the initial analysis and then the, the features they use and the results and then their love for you, that is the perfect user story. And it's so much more alive than just saying, oh, we do this, we do this, we do this, we do this, feature, 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 benefit, benefit, benefit. Hmm. Because then it's like people can imagine themselves using it as well if you're speaking to a potential customer. If you're speaking to a potential investor, it's showing how well you understand your audience. So that's the first part of using the story to bring to life the features and benefits. The structure and the science behind storytelling. Storytelling is thousands of years old. It's, it's an art and, you know, I don't know if they will officially declare it a science, but I like to see the science because yeah. it has a repeatable structure that just works time and time again in many different fields and modalities. So we're talking Shakespeare, Molière, Chekhov, the Bible, <laughs> Greek tragedies. They all have a very specific structure and it's the kind of structure that we'll go and see a movie today, whether, you know, you're watching it on your home screen or in a movie theater, if anybody's still venturing into those, um, when you see like an action or a suspense film, you're going to have a very specific structure and you kind of know what's going to happen, but you're still enthralled by the twists and the turns and the characters. But our brain can kind of relax because we know that it's all going to end up pretty much okay. We might lose someone along the way, but the hero will do his thing. So taking that classic structure, he, they wrote in acts and there were chunks of the story put together. So act one is either the problem or the, the, the opportunity or, you know, the, 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 the situation that has emerged and we kind of get to know the issue at hand and the need for a hero. And that's act two, the hero emerges, which is your product, your solution, um, what it is that you're gonna do to solve that problem in the world. Then the third part is the hero's plan. What is the hero gonna do and putting the plan in action and, and, and taking it all in. And that translates to our world with the business plan. Are you gonna make money? What does your market look like? What's your competitive landscape? Um, how are you different? Uh, what's the business model? And then finally, the fourth part is the aftermath. Okay, so great, the, the, the hero has executed, now what? And that's kind of the vision for the future, the bigger future you're gonna to move towards additional products, features, markets, the big vision that you wanna take them, the North Star. Uh, so that's pretty much like a four act play or, or the flow of a movie. And that's exactly what our messages should be whether we're asking for investment or we're asking for engagement or we're asking for uh for you to buy my product mm. yeah it's fascinating um I, I love the analogy going back to the way all classical writers have written or told stories since forever what do you say though to people that say but i'm i'm not a writer i'm not a I'm not a storyteller, I'm not a Shakespeare, or I'm not a, a Keats or whoever it might be. 
So a totally legitimate claim. We, we aren't all, which is why my schedule is currently booked out till <laughs> mid next month. Um, but it's funny because I never thought of myself as a writer. Um, I know how to like pull things out of the air and tell them in interesting ways. But the modality I work with is actually writing it. So I have this knack for seeing other people's stories and pulling it out of the mess of all the, the facts, figures, data that we talked about mm. before. Um, so sometimes you need another pair of eyes and ears and fingers on the keyboard, just nothing you can do about it. But having said that, if you organize your data according to that flow, it's going to make it easier on you to write and it's going to make it easier on your audience to listen. So you will already have uh, improved your messaging many fold just by getting it in the right flow and structure and then things have a way of falling into place now when i'm writing for a client i'm not making up their story i'm just pulling mm. together and synthesizing the working parts they have it it's there sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees so each time i write the structure is the same but the message and the creation and the the content is completely different and that's what's beautiful and unique we all have our different shades and colors that we bring to the story hmm. so how do you how do you go about then somebody comes to you and says look i've got this product here's all the features and benefits of it um, i just can't seem to get traction with my sales or with with getting investors on board how do you then go about turning that into a story so uh, on my website, uh, DonnaGriffith.com, there is a, a section called Resources, and I've created the ultimate cheat sheet for the investor deck and the ultimate cheat sheet for the sales deck. So it's a blow-by-blow -blow kind of treasure map in, to creating what should be in there. And it's based, and this is key, again, this, it's based on the questions that the other side needs answered. So when we're storytelling, we are basically answering a series of questions in a very specific flow so that we can kind of calm the mind down so it's it's intrigued enough to listen. And also it's building trust because, wow, this person is intuiting my questions and answering them before I even ask them. They're really sincere about getting to me and, and, and what I'm interested in. And I don't have very much to argue about, <laughs> which is like, you know, investors love to, you know, get in. And, but they also want to see kind of how you respond and how you answer their questions. So it's, it's about really covering all the bases before you even get started. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. So we'll, we'll definitely link to those, um, those resources, those cheat sheets in the show notes. And we'll get back to that later on one of the things i'm curious about you talked about the use of metaphors and i always admire people who are able to use metaphors in a, a really powerful way that kind of it connects something that you you never would think of in that particular context that you're in and yet it just it's almost like a key that unlocks the door to ah oh, i i really get it as the reader or as the as the person that's being pitched to or sold to. So how do you approach using those metaphors and, and building them in that, that they're actually useful and powerful? Right, so a very common one in the world of technology is the, we're the Uber for X. So, you know, we're the Uber for 
confidential voting apps, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of become this common thing. There's even this really fun generator that you can like type, just get all these, like we're the Uber for this, we're the Airbnb for that. And like, it has to have meaning. So first of all, I don't want someone saying, um, that flat out we're the Uber for X. Like that doesn't, you don't want to lean on somebody else's IP to introduce what you are. But you can introduce what it is that you do. And my formula is we do X for Y by Z. Okay, so X for Y by Z. That's we're a platform that um, enables um, physiotherapists to treat remotely with precise diagnostic and monitoring data. Now, then you could say, think of us as and then actually they have an interesting model because they enable physical therapists to then become um, uh, sort of like Uber drivers. We're talking about Uber in a way. So in their spare time, they can monitor patients that are doing these exercises remotely and make adjustments and give them, you know, track their progress, make notes. And that's a new stream of income for them as well. So I don't want them outright saying we're the Uber for, for physiotherapists. It mean much. But using that kind of think of it as Uber, Uber enabled people to work a nine to five job and then in the evenings make extra income by driving their car around. That's exactly what we want to do. Hmm. So, so, and so that's one use of metaphor. Another one can be, you know, think of it like the world of sports where, or think of it as I remember one time uh, I worked with someone on a presentation for a conference and she worked for a very big uh, uh, insurance company and they did mainly uh, maritime insurance. And she was a very fashionable lady and we kind of came, it's like, think of us as shoes. And we did this whole thing on shoes and, and, and one was like this stiletto and one was like this comfortable shoe. And she said that at the conference, everyone was coming up to her and saying, Oh, you're the shoe lady. You're the shoe lady. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they remembered and I don't remember what she was talking about in terms of the maritime insurance. It's one of the less interesting, um, <laughs> realms that you'll find. But at the same time, I do remember the shoes mm. and I'm sure every year she goes to the conference, they remember the shoes. Hmm. So that, yeah, there's a couple of things there, isn't there? So it's not just the metaphor that helps explain the story or what it is that they actually do, but also the idea that it's a brand, it's almost a branding thing and a memory hook that oh, yes. starts conversations. Oh, yes. And you know what? I remember stories, origin stories, I call them. Um, from founders that I worked with 10, 11, 12 years ago, um, their company's already been sold or closed or, or you know, pivoted into mm. something else. But I remember how it started because the story sticks with me. And I've probably retold their story a bazillion times and I've probably, you know, changed the details slightly, but it's, it sticks with you. And stories have that power. They resonate. They stick. They're memorable. They're associative. It's like, oh, that reminds me of that time that, and then you're engaging the other side and they're thinking about happy experiences or not so happy experiences. And you're kind of bonding through that. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That's a very powerful way to engage with people. Um, I guess the context is such an important thing with stories and often you find that people are kind of so keen to 
add a story or add some anecdote to explain what they do that it kind of seems out of context and at the same time they publish a lot of stuff online whether it's a blog post or newsletter things that that miss that story component so how can we kind of build that context in and then and then use stories in a smart way in everything we we put out there whether it's an email newsletter or whether it's a blog post or whatever right so um storytelling is not just for the sake of entertainment you're not a stand-up comedian you're not just there to throw in a story the story has to tie in to what you're saying i mean you can make small talk with someone and and mm. and you know kind of connect through that but that's not really what i'm i'm going for for me it's about structuring it as a story going through the the questions and the stages of how our brains take in information and even in an email so there's a very specific structure we write what i call general action emails all day long it's basically hi i want something i need you to do something for me and i need it done by such and such a date but what do we do it's kind of all over the place and it's not mm. clear and then we need clarifications and we go back and forth so the structure the mental model the the, que the questions it's a very simple sequence the first one is do you understand my need okay and 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 how does your solution or service benefit my need how has it worked for others um can you give me some examples how is it different and then if i'm interested how to move on that's more of like less the general action and more of like a specific persuasion email so it's very simple to just adjust it and say hi so uh, from what i've seen your company is amazing at x and when it comes to y your visibility is not as strong what we can do for you is and then you're going in order of answering the questions and and if it's something more general and less salesy it could be something as simple as um who is this what is who, who is this for what is this regarding what do i need to do what's the first step anything else and that's it boom 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 you've answered those questions you could be polite wrap it up but but it's about getting the message across according to their thought patterns and what they need to hear and that builds trust hmm. so the first step really is to get clear and understand who is it that this is for yes exactly what, who is it kind of... for and what are their needs it's not about yeah. you what are, sorry what it's just not <laughs> it's, what are they it's about questions? them yes yes mm. yes and that's where i mean where, where if, if everybody would put themselves in the position of the other side when they write looking at it through their eyes then i think we'd get a lot more done mm. yes so that that's uh, before we get to the structure of the story it's it's first of all who are we telling the story for Yes, and it would be a different story if we're talking to a potential investor or a potential customer, a potential partner, or just some random person kind of asking, what is it that you do? You would answer it in a different way. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's um, one of the things that I wondered about uh, because you you focus on companies telling their story to their prospective buyers but uh, their prospective customers but also to prospective investors when particularly in the startup space so what's the difference how do, how how do you approach both of those audiences differently 
So sometimes it's the same company and there it just depends, you know, are they raising a funding round or are they trying to sell a product? And it's kind of very much the chicken and the egg. So when we think about, okay, let's start with the customer because that's the easier. We think about what the pain is in their life, what the need is, what is not been solved with other solutions that would convince them that they knew it was solved to pay money for something else or to give up what they're doing or they're not doing anything. That's also some kind of a solution that they might mm. have. So it's starting off again with the understanding, the empathy of the pain. You can draw it through another similar client and what their struggle was before they started working with you. You can talk about something that happened in the world at large. Like let's say, take a cyber company. I was working with a cyber company that dealt with ransomware. So where you know where they will mm. hack into the system and uh, hold it hostage literally until they get a payment. And they do it usually with very sensitive information at hospitals and banks. And it's something that if the, the, the data got out, it could be extremely damaging to the company. So one of their clients was a medical group that had 400 hospitals and, uh, and clinics throughout the world. And they had ransomware. Now, what was crazy was the hackers were on the system for a good six months before they actually staged the attack. They were, you know, they were in, they had the data they had. It was just a question of timing. So what this was meant to do, telling the story is this could be happening at this very moment to any one of us. We could have somebody just kind of hmm. hanging out and lurking on our systems, waiting to pounce when the moment is right. And there's no way to know it until they take action. And we have the key to that. We are able to detect that. So it's making somebody think, oh my gosh, that could be happening to me. Or, hmm. or if you were doing something positive, ooh, I want that to happen to me. Not in that case. So that's what, it's like the stick or the carrot hmm. here. It's definitely the stick. So, so it's, it's creating that sense of, oh, wow. Is it happening to me? Could it happen to me? I'm asking myself questions. I must be interested in this. So I'm, I'm engaging in conversation in my brain with the, with the person. Hmm. Then showing how your solution could benefit them. You can show it through. One of your current customers, one of your current clients, like I said, their user journey and, and show the steps and let them imagine themselves using it. Oh, I could see myself doing that. That's great. And then kind of like how it works, the results, the, 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 the business model, the competitive advantage. So that is, is, it's a much more direct pain. You still don't want to like punch them in the sore gut when you're talking about it. You just want to touch slightly on the pain so that they wince a little bit. And then you come right in with the ice pack or the Advil or the whatever it is that you're going to give them to, to make it better. With investors, it's not, they're not the direct users. For them, their language of love is numbers and money. And they want to know that you are addressing a problem that is either costing the healthcare system a lot of money or that's costing companies a lot of money and still it's money that's flying out the window. Uh, the pain is is not being solved and you have a very clear way of doing it, but you have to be able to, to back it up with numbers and stats and, and figures and, and, and anecdotes and stories. So if you're using, again, you can use the customer story with them, the user story with them, but it's going to affect them less because they're not experiencing the pain, but it's showing them, I get my audience, I understand them. I've solved a major problem for them and they love me for it and they're never going to leave me. Stickiness. Hmm. 
they've abandoned all other ways and I'm the, 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 the cat's meow for them. Hmm. Yeah, that's, um, that's, um, pretty clear difference. And obviously you have to tap into what, what are the interests of your audience uh, coming back yeah. to knowing who your audience is and what their interests, needs, whatever are. Yes, 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 absolutely. And that's where it all starts. Who are you talking to and what do mm. they need? All right. So um, you talked earlier about storytelling being a science. So how do we measure, um, seeing it's a science, how do we measure what's working and what's not working in our stories? Um, so, uh, I think there's the immediate measurement, which is you can kind of read the interest of the people in the room, hmm. see, or even if it's over Zoom or whatever, or over the phone, it's a little more difficult, but still, are they asking questions? Are they interested? Are they, you know, do they want to learn more? Um, and then do they take action? Do they subscribe? Do they pay? Do they, um, do they uh, uh, t set up another meeting? Do they send a technical due diligence expert to, 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 to check out your technology? And something happening. So if you're not getting a response, likely they did not connect. Hmm. You know, people don't always want to say no. They might want to say not right now. But if you're not hearing a yes or a next step, it could be your story and it could just be the you know, you're not part of their vision or they, they don't really buy into your story. And that's okay. You just want to make sure your story is not doing you an injustice. You want to make sure that it's selling you at your best. So that's not the problem. It's the execution and the product that, that you also have to get right. Yeah. But you don't want the story to stand in the way of that. Hmm. So at the end of a pitch, let's say, for example, or um, let's say it's something like a webinar where you do a presentation and then there's a call to action at the end that says, hey, I've got this product. If you like what you just heard, if you want to go deeper, if you want to um, get these results quicker, then here's the product that will help you do that. Um, the call to action is really important. Absolutely. And, and so many people miss that call to action. Um, because you have storytelling, like I said, aligns our brains and connects us. And it also gives you a great power to influence. I mean, there's been studies that actually show, you know, how you say, oh, we were so on the same wavelength, that that's, that's actual, an actual reality. Yeah. When, when somebody is telling a story and someone is listening, it's so powerful that their wavelengths actually match up and sync up. So if, if you are on the same wavelength, you have the power to influence their decision. Don't miss out on that. Hmm. Don't miss out on that ask. So in an investor deck, it's an obvious ask. We're seeking X million dollars for A, B, C, and D, which will take us to 18 months of runway and X million ARR and, you know, whatever your, your results will be in sales. It can, it's not, you know, sign this contract. It's, you know, let's set up a meeting with your IT team to discuss your specific needs and how we would then uh, be able to set a roadmap for that. So it's mm. taking the next bite-sized step. So you've got the grand action, what you want them to take to become a customer, to, 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 to invest a million dollars, whatever. And then you've got the bite-sized next step, yeah. steps that take you there. Mm. And, and yeah, I like that 
because if you sort of focus, okay, what's the next step? Take the next step. If they uh, agree to take that next step, then during that time, it's the next story, right? The next yeah. story that takes them. The next yeah, story. yeah, and it's get something put down in writing or in typing and on your screen. Yeah, get get something scheduled. Get something tangible. Hmm. Well, fabulous. You've given us some really great insights into how to use story and how to turn benefits and um, customer testimonials or case studies, perhaps, into stories that are really powerful. So. I think it's a good point to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round, the same five questions that I ask of every guest. And the idea here, of course, is that you'll inspire the listener to go and do something awesome today as a result. Are you ready? Right. Yes. What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Um, give themselves room for boredom. <laughs> oh. I find that my best thoughts come to me um, when I'm kind of doing something routine, like either washing the dishes or walking, taking a hike, uh, in the shower, because you have the mental room to just let your thoughts flow. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. And um, it's kind of ironic, though, you uh, you talked earlier about you make sure that people's pictures or their presentations are not boring but um now you're talking about Inge yes, leaving it's, okay time to be, it's okay for you to let yourself be bored not your audience yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but i think the brain it's funny because you know every, our, our lives are so filled with screens and entertainment and mm. like every moment of our day is taken and even like I, with our daughters my husband and i he, he's very adamant about let them be bored if they say i'm bored that's great it, it, it breeds creativity. So they'll go draw something or they'll go make a tea party or they'll go uh, create a song. And it's true creativity comes out. And, oh, my five-year-old decided to uh, color in the bathroom last night. Because <laughs> creative, yeah. Oh, that, can ha that is creative. I can't fault her for that. Um, it's just about, you know, where do you express your creativity? Yeah. Be clarified. Hmm. Great. Uh, great example. All right. What's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? So I am very lucky to have a built-in soundboard. Uh, my husband, my life partner, my business partner, and he, he has a startup. So I work with him on his messaging and he works with me on my marketing and strategies. And he's always coming up with like bold, brash ideas. And he's like, okay, don't say no right away. Don't kill me <laughs> for this. Just listen, hear me out, which is, you know, always a good setup to, to that. And sometimes I do want to kill him. But at the same time, um, he pushes me to think bigger and to go places where I didn't think I would go. And I think that we all need that person in our lives, whether it's a coach, a mentor, or a, a, a friend who's willing to push us beyond the limits that we see. Because we all live in blind spots and we don't know that we live in blind spots. Yeah, it's always good when um, you have that trusted person you can talk to who can kind of say, have you thought about looking at it from a different perspective? And be open to listen to them. It, it, mm. we, we think we know it all and we probably do, but <laughs> at the same time, it, it, it's really great to get another person's perspective. Mm. Great. Okay, what's a favorite resource you use most often? In what realm? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Like for creative, for innovation or, or in general? Yeah, for innovation, could be anything. 
Um, I mean, if for me, if I don't have it written down, it's not happening. So, mm -hmm. so my email is my to-do list. I have keep to keep things on track. Um, uh, what's up for communication? I find it to be much faster than, than just SMS and text. Um, and, um, one of my favorite tools that even though I have a CRM now, I still am addicted to is Boomerang, which kind of mm. resurfaces emails for you. Um, and, and I, it's one of those things talk about stickiness. Like I cannot imagine sending something out without having that there. It's like my safety net. I know if I don't get a response, it'll come back. And that's massively you're running a business. Yeah. 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 That, that, those tools are great. Those ones that kind of take the email out of your inbox, but will resurface it when you need to take some action, whether it's follow up with mm -hmm. somebody or I, I often do it when, well, I like to kind of try and clean out my inbox as far as possible so that if there's something there that says, hey, can you do this in two weeks' time, then I, that will... Just snooze it for two weeks. Yes, yeah, snooze it for two Perfect. weeks, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. All right, what's the best way to keep a, a client on track? So for me, um, I have very specific guidelines into how to prepare for a session with me, like really spelled out exactly what I want you to do, how I want you to do it, where I want you to put it, and how I want you to share it with me. So I can follow up with them before a meeting to make sure, hey, how's the prep work coming? Um, can I see it? Is there anything for me to look at? And then look at it before. And I've had times where they have not been ready, and I'm like, listen, we cannot have a session until you are done your homework. I can do the magic in two hours, but you have to do the, just like, you know, like bring me the materials, go shopping. Here's your grocery list. Bring me premium ingredients and I will cook you a delicious meal, but I need the ingredients. Hmm. Yeah. So set, set the clear expectations up front and, and make sure the actions are done before yeah. getting started. Yeah. yeah. Can't, can't mm -hmm. bake the cake without the ingredients. Indeed. All right. And. What's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? So this is a time where our story matters more than ever and mm. our unique place in the world and what we are doing to, to really look at the world in a different way. What is urgent now? What do people need? What's happening? I mean, we're in the throes of a global pandemic. We keep thinking it's the end and it's not. Um, we have supply chain issues. Uh, we have a countdown over our heads for carbon zero. There's a lot of big issues plaguing it. What are you doing that, that can truly make an impact on them? Like you asked me, what am I doing to make an impact on the world? So, you know, what, what are you doing to, to impact it and, and then tell your story around that and your story, your origin story or the story that you tell to introduce the problem you're solving can shift from time to time. You can change it as new situations emerge, but just make sure that you are hitting them right between the eye like with this, aha, oh my gosh, that's so needed right now. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. It's wonderful. And, and really owning that origin story too, I guess is really important there. A lot of people, feel a bit embarrassed about their origin story. I mean, there's there's the classic, you know, I was born poor and I lived on the streets for most of my life and then something happened and now I'm rich and famous mm -hmm. kind of origin story. And people that don't ha have that rags to riches story feel as though 
I've had a pretty boring existence, so there's nothing interesting about me, and yet. So yeah, absolutely not. There is nothing boring about your life. You just have to find the point to start. Like if somebody asks you to tell me about yourself, that's a very open-ended question. You can start from wherever you want, wherever it serves you the most, for the specific situation you're in. Again, it comes back to context. Hmm. So. When I mean origin story, it's not like where were you born and how did you grow up? It's more how did you come up with this crazy idea that set you on this entrepreneurial journey to start a startup and, and leave your cushy job and, and mm. sacrifice the special time with your family. So what made you see that this was such a need in the world that you had, you just had to do this? Mm. Yeah, that's a great way to frame it. I really love that. All right. Well, thanks for getting us through the buzz, Donna. Um, now, where can people find out more about you? You mentioned the cheat sheets before. Where can people find out more about you and find out about those, well, get those cheat sheets and also perhaps reach out and say thanks for what you shared with us today? Well, with pleasure. So uh, my website, Donna Griffith, it's G-R-I-F-F-I-T, no H at the end, dot com. I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes. Interesting story about that. My, my father-in-law, he, he studied art in uh, Florence and he changed his name. He just kind of made up the name. So that's why there's no H. He just, I don't know even where he, he decided that it was. So yeah. Creative okay. moment. <laughs> yeah, it's a creative moment and there's a story with it. Um, so I have a wealth of information there and resources and assets that people are welcome to help themselves to for more of a DIY. If, if going back to the, to the cooking metaphor, it's my most prized recipes put out there. Some people want to use the recipes and cook it at home, which is wonderful. Have at it. And some people, people want to come to the chef and experience them cooking it. I'm here for to host private dinners <laughs> that I cook in front of you. Yeah. That's the, the pitch session in case, just in case that's not get lost. And I am not a chef. I, I do pretty okay in the kitchen, but that's definitely not a professional thing. So yeah, so my website, there's also a button there that says let's talk. So you can reach out through there or email me at Donna at DonnaGriffith.com. Excellent. And as you say, we'll have all of those links in the show notes so people can click straight through. And please do mention um, this podcast that you heard me here because anybody that does will have a special discount if they do decide they need any of my services. There you go. Thanks for that, Donna. That's um, very generous. All right. Do you have some parting advice for our listeners today? A lot of people think that um, storytelling is uh, either just this buzzword or the need to fill the time or to break the ice when in essence, we're not breaking the ice. We are connecting. Mm. It's connecting. It's forging connections. People have been telling stories since before we had language. If you go and look at cave paintings, they're expressing a story that they want you to know about their survival. Uh, people sat around campfires telling stories that were passed down from generation to generation. I'm sure you have that one story you heard from your grandparents or your parents that you almost feel like you were there. So if you want to be memorable and you want to connect to people, use the art and the science of storytelling. Hmm. Wonderful wrap-up recommendation. And and it is, you know, we're all about human connection here on um, in our business and on this podcast. So there's a great message there about connecting through storytelling. Finally, Donna, who else should I get on this show and why? 
So um, my sort of doppelganger, her name is Raphael Malia. <laughs> She's actually Aussie. <laughs> she was born and uh, raised in Australia. She hasn't lived there for many years, but she's she and I um, have worked kind of, we've shared clients a lot over the years and we both have this kind of frenetic, crazy redhead energy um, that, that it, it just like when we're in the same room together, it's combustible. So she is one of the top experts at naming and positioning. She comes up with like this crazy vision thing. So she works on much more of the macro while I get down into the micro messaging. So we're always like trying to sell each other our clients. No, you need to work with her first, get your vision and your name and your brand set up and then go to her. And I'm like, yeah, you know, she's like, yeah, get your story straight first and then get raise some money and then come back to me. So I think she's phenomenal. And I think since, you know, the origin would be an interesting <laughs> yeah. conversation. If you can convince her to do a podcast, she's, she's camera shy, but hopefully she won't be microphone shy. All right. Well, um, we'll reach out to her and get get an introduction from you, and maybe um, see if we can get her in front of the microphone and chat to us. Lovely. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights with us so generously today, Donna. I really appreciate it. Really enjoyed digging into storytelling and particularly the structure you have and the science behind storytelling. And and as you say, you know, we've been doing it as a species since. I don't know. The dawn of time. Yeah, that's right, pretty much. And um, uh, I think back to the film 2001, I'll bring a metaphor in there, and uh, the apes kind of when they discovered the uh, that they could use a bone or a stick or whatever it was to break break open the rock. I think it was a rock that they were trying to break open, and, and it was kind of like this uh expression on the face and then they they look at one another well, that's the story because that's kind of like that aha story. moment that yeah, oh my you gosh see that? <laughs> yeah yes, yes, mm. yes. it's right. a shared experience that will bond them forever <laughs> exactly yeah oh, thanks donna this has been fabulous thanks for having me have a great day I hope you enjoyed that engaging and really insightful conversation with Donna and took something away from her episode. The idea of storytelling as a science that has a structure, a recipe, so to speak, is something that can help us build storytelling into all our messaging. So as you have listened to this today, how can you tell your story in a way that's interesting and engaging? A story that connects with your dream customers, connects with them really deeply, that captures the values of your company, the benefits of dealing with you, the transformation that your clients will experience on their journey with you. Start writing out your story and test it out with some trusted partners. Then refine from the feedback you get. Donna's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Donna Griffith. That is D-O-N-N-A-G-R-I-F-F-I-T. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Donna Griffith. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Donna, as well as links to her website, her social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation. If you've listened this far into the show, here's a challenge. If you've loved this conversation, and why wouldn't you? 
and you think it'd be useful to one other person, be brave enough to share this conversation with that one other person. And I'm also guessing that in the 505 or so other episodes that we've published up until right now, there is at least one other one there that is equally as valuable to you as this episode. So go ahead, pick your favourite number, or just take a 30-second glance through the past episodes and pick one. And between now and the next episodes, listen to one more, and then write me a note on LinkedIn about which episode you picked, why you picked it, and what your biggest takeaway was. Donna suggested that we have a conversation with Rashi El Malia on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Rashi, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Donna Griffith. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode so that we can get to know you and why you listen. Also, it will help us make the podcast even better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz to pick your preferred platform. And you can follow the show by going to followthepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain into how we put together this show, go to innovabuzz.co forward slash flywheel, where you can access a free gift my team and I made for you, a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz flywheel. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcast into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast, where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating. Innovabuzz.